Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like... Minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through sex and the city for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. And today we are so excited to have a, a friend and an amazing guest on the podcast. The <laughs> friend is, it's true. Okay. So he's an actor. I wouldn't call it. Yeah. He's an actor. He's been in TV shows like Veep and Arrested Development and movies like Toy Story 4. And I would... I would call him a friend, but we'll talk about that. Uh, please welcome, <laughs> please welcome Tony Hale. Hello, how's it going? Tony, uh, thank you hey, so Tony. much for joining us. It gives me a I, lot of joy that you guys are going through <laughs> Sex in the City. I just think it's really funny. I, I think that the the best you can hope for in an actor's career is to, you know, to do all the things that you've gone on to do, and then at. at at that point, get to talk about this one TV show you did one episode and three lines and, up and like, for one yeah, hour. One little sliver of a scene. We're gonna <laughs> literally a literally a sliver of a scene and also to set to set up the episode over Zoom while all of us are trying to figure it out. My cable guy literally came and interrupted the setup and because uh, he wanted to face like, to face time with you, he said, right? Because he did, yeah, he made a face. To, he made a face-to-face -face, uh, appointment with me. It has nothing to do with setting up the cable. He just We're wanted to be coffee. around humans again. He's like, "This is my he one did. chance." Yeah, he was like, "Listen, six I, feet, six feet. I'm still close." I am fine. thrilled to dive into the character of Tiger. Well, get ready. It's, it's, a, it's another Tiger King, guys. <laughs> this, is the, this is the real tiger king the original. Yeah, when, when, he, when he sang that song i saw a tiger that's what it was about thank you it was about that it was yeah season so, two of four whatever it was of sex in the city <laughs> season, two, season season four, four episode, episode two. two now so listen, yeah as as silly as it is we're super excited to have you and also something that i think people will be really excited about is like what it was like can you take us do you remember the audition process no like how do you i don't remember the audition process i remember being on set and i was petrified well you have to you have to understand this was 1999 yeah i think so. so yeah so this was 21 years ago 
and wow. and Sex in the City was like the show, like the show. <laughs> and I was mainly doing commercials. That was kind of my main gig. And then I got the audition for it. I don't remember it, but I got the audition. I got it. I was so petrified because like Sarah Jessica Parker, those four women were like, they define New York. And they also, it was mm-hmm. like the, it was like the big gig to get that and Sopranos were the two gigs to get. And so I went on set and I, I read the scene that I'm, um, what's her name? Um, Kim Cattrall is going to be Kim having naked, naked pictures taken. And I'm the photographer's assistant. And the photographer was this guy named Jeff Forney. He's a really nice guy. We've actually stayed in touch to this day. Oh, wow. And, um, and we, um, and so anyways, I, there's a whole story, but I was on set and I was just kind of like, really, I had never, I had never been on, I'd never been on set that, that much. I had never seen like grips and cameras and free mm-hmm. food and all that kind of stuff. I was just like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. <laughs> and, um, anyways, I, I made an ass of myself, but I can get into that. <laughs> but I can go into that now, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know well, your guys' okay, sex you... in the city process. Yeah, <laughs> just just buckle up. We're, we're, um, I, I want to hear that. I want to. Were you living in New York at the time? I was. I was. I moved here in 1995, and then okay. I was here till 2003. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, so there, there was. I think we shot at Silver Cup Studios, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, oh, I just didn't sleep the night before. And it's also as a you know being you know just starting out, I was like, maybe someone's gonna see this scene. Someone's gonna see me on set and be like, "That's the guy that needs to be a series regular from this day forward." <laughs> <laughs> like Tiger needs to be on every single episode. <laughs> and then, they keep getting photo and then shoots. Cut to I made just an ass of myself because. Anyways, I'm supposed to kind of um, oogle Kim Cattrall while she's having these nude photos taken. And I thought it would be a good idea to go up to her and say and apologize <laughs> and say, hey, Kim, I just want to apologize because I pretty much have to objectify you most of this day. And I'm sorry, <laughs> thinking that she would be like, oh, that's that's really nice. She thought I was a freak <laughs> and oh my did, gosh. Not, did not even look me in the eyes for the rest of the day. And I got the sense also she might have been telling other crew members that I was a little off base. And so, I mean, just imagine the insecurity that was just flooding my body. Oh, my gosh. By the way, she might not have done any of this, but my insecure self was on fire. Fire. And did you – wait, did you say was this your first TV thing? Or it was was – I mean – I did a little like a the same size role on The Sopranos in New York, but I yeah. this was that might have been the same year, but I can't remember whether this was the first or that was the first. But it was a did there t- oh, big deal. Did, did there happen to be any connection between the casting directors on getting Sex in the City and The Sopranos, or was that too totally like? Did they see Tiger and they're like, "We got to have you on The Sopranos"? Yeah, now. they saw Tiger and they're like, "You know what? This guy needs to play a nurse oncologist on The Sopranos." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I uh, I don't know if it was the same. I actually don't even know who the casting. I don't remember any. I blocked most of New York out, but um, 
And then you told James remember. Gandolfini, you were like, you're like, I'm sorry, I was oogling you this entire time. Exactly. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. I, it was, I was a nurse practitioner who was giving a cancer, who was giving chemo to Uncle Junior, that storyline. Oh, yeah. And oh, I remember yeah. I had to put the needle in his, not in his arm, but I had to look like I was putting a needle in his arm. And I was shaking so bad. And I remember thinking a viewer is going to be like, who hires a nurse oncologist who is shaking, putting a shaking. needle into somebody's arm for chemo? It was awful. I oh, wait. Man. I have a question, an actory question, I guess, which is <clears throat> that's like two. Those are like two examples that you're like w- super nervous, and your roles on Arrested Development and Veep are like kind of quintessential. Yeah, <laughs> wrapped with nervousness, people. Yeah, yeah. but just talking to you already, like you seem like a chill, normal, like you're not buster right now, yeah. but is there a connection between like those characters and what your natural disposition oh, is? Yeah. 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 I've struggled with anxiety most of my life. And so mm. I, and, and way years ago, and they kind of still do my nerves manifested with acting in my hands. It, I would start mm. shaking. Some people kind of get their pits get sweat or whatever. Mine, I would just shake. And so I would, even doing theater back in New York, I would have to have, if I was carrying something, I would have to put weight in the cup. Or if I was doing an audition, I'd have to have something behind the sheet because I knew my hands would shake. But to your point, a lot of my anxiety is, it was very easy to get into Buster and Gary. And <laughs> I do codependency, anxiety, and emasculation really well. it's a forte of mine yeah (laughs) so so, um all right so this episode actually this is one of our first rewatches we've ever done because yeah uh, this this is this went down when we did a poll with our listeners this was their up through season four this was the number one favorite episode of all time well guys tiger I mean, I don't I mean, even know why you had to discover that. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it, a lot of people thought it had to do with with the fashion element. A lot of people thought it had to do with, nope. you know, um, no, it was it was, was all tiger. No. It was all tiger. It was the cap backwards, the big fat chin, the just wide, <laughs> the wide eyed, stupid look that did it. <laughs> Did, did, well, did you watch the episode when it came out? Was that like an uh, exciting, that must've been a really yes. exciting thing for you to be a part of that show. Exciting. That's so iconic. New York, yes. live in New York. Did you get together uh, with friends and watch it? I'm sure I did. Again, I don't remember, but it was, I just was, Oh my God, that was such a big get. And so I told yeah. everybody, however, I will say this. I might not have told everybody because when I first started my career, when I was doing commercials, I remember getting a commercial for MCI and I told my whole family, I told extended relatives, it never aired. And they asked about mm. it for the next five years. I remember I was doing this bit on Conan where I was playing um, that guy from Shine. Remember that movie Shine? Um, yeah. Jeffrey Rush. The, and I was doing yes. a skit where I was playing Jeffrey Rush and and it was airing that night and my whole family waited up, extended relatives. The skit got cut. You know, oh, so no. it's like I never – so I might not have shared about Sex in the City and just kind of hold it, but I was definitely beyond thrilled. Oh, I was so excited. That's that is so cool, man. I was on like a, a I was on a second date with a girl and she invited me over because she was on Blue Bloods, and it was like her and all of her close friends and I didn't know her that well. It was like a second date. I was really excited for her. She's like, "Thanks for coming," and it was like forty five minutes in. 
we're all like waiting and like drinking and stuff. And then uh, we were fast forwarding through and then we looked and she was like, I, uh, I just realized that um, my episode airs next week. Oh. And, oh. and oh. it was like, because everyone was so encouraging and also like everyone was like, oh, so what do we do? Like, do we finish the episode? And oh. it was. And everybody's like, it no, was, uh, I'm not finishing this episode. <laughs> like, we, we know it ends with them around a family dinner. We exactly. Know that- <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor thing. Um, Oh, it was, uh, it was one of those, you, thankfully she was in it though. She didn't get cut. So it was like, it was an uncomfortable night, but yeah, all in all, right. she was still in it. But I tell you, it's that, it's that shame cake that actors eat for decades. It's just yeah. one piece of shame cake after the next. And it just builds you to where you are. <laughs> Does you know, that, be great you if you run like into the- Kim Cattrall again and you re-apologize <laughs> and then it just comes back. You're like, it was uncomfortable on Saturday, but I finally want to get this out. <laughs> and she starts telling people around me how <laughs> she's I am. like, yeah. dude, Tony Hills, really, he's weird. I mean, he he's, keeps on bringing this thing up. Oh that was 20 God. years ago, oh but he's God. still bringing it up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> But it was also oh. that kind of Southern gentleman-y thing in my head of like, oh my God, she's going to love me. Oh, she's yeah, that is... I'm so respectful and such a gentleman. The exact opposite. That is like my first, when I first moved to New York, in my first like three months here, I was looking for like any work and there was a PA job because I'd worked like film production back in North Carolina and there was a PA job that some guy that I'd worked in New York, I worked... I worked on a job in North Carolina. The guy was from New York. He was like, if you come to New York and you need work, let me know. And so he forwarded me to like his production coordinator and it was a job for Maxim magazine. Mm. And I, and, and I had no work at all and had just moved here. And so they were like, yeah, we want to book you. Like, you'll be a PA. You'll just be helping out. And I was like, what, what is the shoot? And, uh, <laughs> and it was like some sort of like lingerie shoot or something like that. Oh. And I remember I like talked to the production coordinator and I was just like, yeah, I just, you know, I, 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 I don't want to be like a bad guy though. You know, I want to make, and I like went into a whole thing where I was just like, you know, I want to be respectful and, um, and I, I, I just, I, you know. And, and I taught, and then finally she was like, well, yeah, I mean, the shoot is going to be, it's going to be a lingerie shoot. I mean, it's going to be very sexy. Like the girl's lying on the ground the whole time. And we kept talking and she was like, maybe it's, I mean, if you're not comfortable, maybe it's best you don't work. And I was like, well, you know, I appreciate yeah, you being upfront you know, about it. And maybe I, maybe like, I shouldn't. No, maybe and, I then I hung up, and then I didn't take the, yeah. And then I didn't take the job. And then I, I, will, I probably I say, didn't get months of work out of that. I will say this though. What's interesting is it's. It's the exact opposite. For me to say something to her, it almost brings to light the situation. And I don't know if it's because she doesn't <laughs> or people just don't want to recognize that to the maxim thing like I'm laying on a on grass in lingerie. Right. And when somebody comes up and says, hey, I know this is awkward and I know you're half naked and I'm sorry. It almost brings to light something that they don't want to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, like I guarantee you, had I done the Maxim job, it would have just been like, "Oh, this is, you know, this is Christy," and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like everything would have been <laughs> course, normal at the moment course. that one person stops and is like, "Listen, I know what we're doing is really weird, but let's not make it weird." Everyone <laughs> would be. Like, it is kind of crazy to really consider, weird. like, there is not, there is not a situation. Like the the craziest role you would have to be in for a guy to do the baseline of nudity that's expected for for just an average female role is 
kind of crazy to think about because oh, yeah. I'm like, I just rewatching that episode. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, they're like, they're naked all the time. And there's, it, it would have to be a crazy, insane art film to even show like a little bit of my penis in a movie. Like, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's kind of insane. Mm-hmm. That's also the title of a crazy art film. It's called a, a little, little bit, bit of my penis. A little bit of my, a penis. Bit of my it's penis. A beautiful film. <laughs> it is a really good film. It's Italian. It's gorgeous. It really is. Do you guys also talk about the rest of? Do you talk? How does this work? Because I watched the whole thing. So like we, we've we're watching it through for the first time. So we've seen up until season six. Now we started this like okay. two years ago, oh, and we've slowly so been watching it. Fun. Okay. <laughs> so like we've so we we have heard because we you know, talk to people who, who are fans of the show. We know things that happen, but like we haven't seen the whole show. So we don't fully know. So you have not seen everything the show that, that happens. The, the one that I was on? We have seen the one that you're we on. Have. Okay, we've yes. watched, we've <laughs> seen, yeah, we have watched because that Because let one. me tell you right Which, now, this is what's, oh, go ahead. Well, uh, you finish and then, and then you finish your thought here and then we'll, we'll have John, we'll go to a break and then we'll come, we'll yeah, describe yeah, yeah, yeah. it to okay. the listeners and stuff. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen this episode in over 20 years. This is the first wow. time me watching it in 20 years and guys, it was so wild because so many things, a, that I completely forgot about, but B that was my time period. So all of that, the way people dressed, the way people talked, all the, the locations of New York I recognize. But the crazy, crazier thing is in that scene where um, she goes to the fashion show and they tell her that she's going to be in uh, panties, like jeweled panties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not wearing this. And then she noted, no, wait, maybe this is after that. Maybe this is before that. But anyways, she her, she her hears that Frank Rich is mm-hmm. also – in the show and she's like frank rich frank rich was the executive producer on veep i know frank rich and so what so like frank rich and i have been friends for you know seven years on veep and we're you just we spent so much time together on Veep. i never i completely forgot that he was oh my referenced goodness. in that episode that is crazy is, is, is he the gentleman that walks out uh, no that's it, ed it, koch it, it, Oh, that's, that's Ed Koch. Okay. The, the people's Koch. court. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yes. waiting since I hadn't seen in a long time. I was like, is Frank going to show up? Is Frank going to show up? And the wild thing is like um, in the in the scene, it says Frank Rich and Fran Lebowitz mm-hmm. are this other thing. Well, years ago, we were doing um, – we were having a, a little gathering, uh, a Veep gathering at my house years ago. And it was after this panel in LA. And so my wife and I had a little – thing at our house and people came over and Frank brought Fran to our house and I got to meet Fran Leibowitz and she was delightful and funny and all this kind of stuff and then I'm watching the episode and I'm like what this is crazy I just never (laughs) even knew that that I completely forgot about it that's so crazy that episode is incredibly star-studded there are so many there's so many people in it whether it's the names and and not just the Heidi Klum but you have Alan Cumming in it you Margaret have, Cho. Yeah. Margaret Cho. It's yeah. just like yeah. such a such a wild. And when Heidi Klum walks over her on the runway, yes. oh man, oh that's great. That's a great great yeah. moment. Well, John, John, will you give us a breakdown for for everyone who's listening? Give try and give a breakdown of what storylines, and then we'll go through them. Yeah. yeah. So um, the the four main the the main storyline is um, 
she is kind of thinking about narcissists and, and analyzing yourself and understanding yourself versus how you see yourself versus how your friends see yourself. Um, uh, Charlotte, which I think is like the, the least outgoing or like it's the least prevalent storyline, uh, has, I forgot what the term is, but she has a sad vagina, depressed vagina, mm -hmm. and she's kind of exploring her vagina for the first time and visually seeing it. And it's, it's in the middle when, when she's in the middle with her and Trey kind of figuring out, I think they're recently separated. Mm -hmm. Um, Samantha is getting, uh, nude pictures of herself, uh, and because she wants to remember her body uh, when it was in peak physical shape, little does she know that Tiger's going to be in the room. So That's you know right. she's, got, right. she's got a lot to be worried Get about. Ready. Miranda Protecting is her. training for the marathon, and she, <laughs> she yes, <laughs> she goes on a date with a, uh, a a gentleman, and she feels a little bit insecure about herself. But she, but she uh, he really makes her feel good about herself. And then she he eventually says that you're a little too full of yourself. And then lastly, Carrie is invited. Carrie is the pretty dominant plot in this episode. She's invited to walk the runway at a New York style show mm -hmm. in which there's uh, both models and New York uh, socialites that walk it. And she's wrestling with the fact and whether or not uh, she's a model, if she can do this and uh, has a, a brief love affair with the uh, photographer. But there's also a uh, storyline with Stanford and um, mm -hmm. and. Mario Cantone, Mario Cantone's character. So a lot of uh, uh, self-reflection and, and kind of understanding who you are versus how the world sees you mm -hmm. in this episode. Yeah. Um, it's and a I great will, episode. I will it's a say huge like, episode. it really made, I, I was in such a fog and only watched myself speaking of narcissism in this episode. I probably didn't watch the whole episode, <laughs> but it's a very well-written episode. Like it's, it, yeah. Really, yeah. it really makes me appreciate that writing. I, I honestly never really watched the show. I only watched my bit on it. Speaking of narcissism on Zoom, all I can stare is at myself. I'm just putting that out there as well. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I've um, done the same thing. But um, it's, uh, it's really, I mean, it really made me appreciate the writing because I just never, I don't know, I never noticed I, that. We've, we've yeah, mentioned we, this before, but when we started the podcast, none of us had seen seen the shows, like maybe one or two, but like we hadn't seen the series. And I think our take on it was going to be a little more like, remember the show? Like this isn't as good as people like, and instead it's like so many episodes have just blown us away with like, um, the storylines and the plots and how it all comes together. It's just like solid and, TV writing. And, I mean, and also, it is. Yeah. We, yeah. we knew this already, but the caliber of their acting chops too, like they are, yeah. all four of them are such phenomenal actors yeah there's always a scene in an episode that just is insanely moving or hilarious really or really good all, they're all really great and i think it's interesting that the way they kind of played with stuff where um miranda is accused of being full of herself but then um what's her name kim cattrall's character samantha is samantha. super full of herself and it's kind of mm -hmm. praised that way and miranda's like the least yeah. full of herself you know mm -hmm. yeah they're really good, like, especially in this episode, they're really good at themes and the best episodes are when they can weave a theme like that, mm -hmm. where it's like being full of themselves and you see it 
go from character to character mm-hmm. and they are able to pull off four storylines. Cause mm-hmm. then if you think about it, like Carrie's thing is that she's walking on the runway and has to have the confidence to do that. So mm-hmm. she's also like supposed to be full of herself mm-hmm. and they, they play, they play that stuff up so well. Like it, when it, when it works, it works really, really I well. I also love any kind <clears throat> of a, a, a real, real picture of kind of the fashion industry and kind of the mm, yeah. what they're putting out versus what the reality is. I just posted this thing on Instagram where I did this photo shoot, um, had this suit on and then I posted what the suit looked at from behind. And it was like the whole jacket is cut up the back. My arms are completely cut up. They had to, they had to put this elastic patch on my pants because oh they didn't fit. And it was just like, that was the reality of the situation. <laughs> and nobody ever sees that. That's uh, I was a uh, groomsman in a wedding probably four years ago. And uh, I'm a big guy. You probably can't see, but I'm a, I'm a pretty hefty fella. Corey and I both wore husky pants when we were, you know, growing up. We both wore huskies, tough skins. Yeah. The the groom decided to order all of his, the suits from Korea. So, you know, I got a triple XL, their biggest size suit. I try the jacket on the day of the wedding because that, that's where I got to him and it just definitely wasn't going to fit. So the mother of the groom, have I told this story before? I actually had to no. cut cut the jacket and sew in the curtains from the hotel room in order for me to get it to fit. <laughs> That's so, a like, gone under, with the wind situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> under my arms, there were just the curtains from the hotel in which oh she had sewed God. into the jacket for me to get to to stand oh, up next to him. So that is that's amazing. Fantastic. That's the <laughs> underbelly of the fashion world. Hopefully, you have pictures of that. I think I do somewhere. Yeah, I need I need to dig them up. That brings incredible. us to this week's sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, this is brought to you by Red Roof Inn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the so that, after of Judy this podcast, Kirby. they're going to fully sue you for those curtains. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Completely. We, we asked permission. They thought, it, they thought it was funny. I think we paid for them. But yeah, it was, uh, it was um, I, I can relate. That is so funny. That's hilarious. I think, so, uh, when, yeah, the it was fun seeing the behind the scenes stuff. And it was it was funny because it's like, something like Zoolander is just going to be full on making fun of it, but yeah. I'm sure there, there must've been a pressure for an episode like this. That's already so big in the fashion industry to, to do justice to, to oh, a fashion yeah. show, especially in New York. And the, even little things, another thing I didn't realize in kind of a full circle moment is my wife is a makeup artist. And when we were dating, cause we started dating probably a year or two after I shot this, and I remember hearing a lot about Kevin O'Quan. Like she just loved, loved, loved Kevin O'Quan. And she had mm-hmm. – and Kevin O'Quan was the makeup artist that came up to Sarah Jessica Parker and was like, hey, mm-hmm. yes, don't worry. we're gonna, uh, I've, I've got you covered. And there's a book. His book is facing the camera. And that book was always in my wife's apartment the entire time we were dating. Wow. I would always see this book. And I was like, I just never noticed any of that stuff. Yeah, that's when we wild. when we first posted about this episode the first time we watched it, I had never that's just a person that it's like never was ever on my radar and so many people messaged us and it was like realizing there's this like legend out there yeah. who is like an indus like the top of their industry and I was like I never even knew that was Yeah, an and industry. he passed just, away. You know. Uh I think he passed away several years ago, but he there's a documentary about him. Wow. Yeah, they that that I feel like that's people 
in that show that they get really deep into New York culture too, of just different people like that. I mean, even, um, I mean, Patricia Field, who was the, who did all the yeah. fashion for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, but they do a lot of, they, they like pay homage to things like that, that like you would know, or you would have heard of maybe only if you lived in New York. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like, you know, there's like, there's like famous and there's like New York famous. There's like things that like, when oh, yeah, you live yeah. in New, it might be the same in LA too, but like there are things that you know, because it's people that work for yes. media outlets or magazines or something like that. And it tends to be in things like fashion or, you know, people that work behind the scenes in that town and you know about them. I had this I feel old, like they uh, hit on that a lot and uh, they hit on that a lot in the show. Yeah. I think you've seen <clears> it at my apartment, Corey, but I have an old, it's like an encyclopedia of character actors and I have oh, yeah, someone yeah, gave yeah. it to me and there's like, they have different things next to them that are like, they give them little medals and there's like a few character actors that they like give an award that like this person like made it out and became like the next level. And John C. Riley was one oh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, a few people. And I feel like the type of famous you're talking about in New York, Corey would be like Fran Lee, Fran Lee Woods for a while, yeah. but she graduated to, that next level, but she would definitely yeah. just be New York famous for a long time. And yeah. now well, it's and like, it's also, it, it's also the same thing. Like he might've graduated out of New York famous, but like Pat Kiernan from New York one, like the anchor. Pat yeah, Kiernan, yeah. Yeah. You only like Pat Kiernan is like a legend. And like, I was listening to the beastie boy, the new beastie boys book. They have like an audiobook version and they have different things <laughs> read by different people from around New York. And Pat Kiernan reads a chapter and like he was on 30 Rock. They did a couple of things about him on 30 Rock, but that's like only someone you would know about in New York because he's on New York One, the TV <laughs> station. There's no other outlet for that. Yeah. But like there's different different people like that. They did, what I noticed though is they, they mentioned Dolce and Gabbana, but Alan Cumming wasn't playing one of them. I think he was playing, I guess, like a stylist or something like that. But because like, yeah. yeah, I don't think he was playing. I didn't get the sense that they were playing the actual designers. I yeah, I don't yeah, think that's, so. That's the sense I got as well. I think he was just a, a one of the stylists. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't yeah. would Alan Cumming? Was it confusing? Because would he be? He was already in like he was already the Bond villain by that point. I think he was the Bond villain in Goldeneye. Was it? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I wonder if you're watching that. If you're like, is that play, is that Alan Cumming or is he playing? Because there were some people playing themselves, and then there yeah. were some people that were actors. So I wonder if he was big enough at that time to be like, wait, is, is that Alan Cumming playing Alan Cumming? Yeah. I think he had done cabaret in New York. Okay. I remember being in New York during that time period and he was doing cabaret and it was like a huge deal when he did it. Yeah. Um, but he was definitely big enough to like play himself, but he wasn't playing himself there. Yeah. 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 Now, did you, when you were on set, did like you did the scene at Silver Cup with Kim Cattrall and did you see other people from the show or any no. of the other actresses there? Cause I know that like, you know, they, everyone has different shooting days and stuff yeah. like that. Of course I was hoping to run into all of them and then they were going to see me and be like, oh my gosh, who's this guy? We need to cast Tiger. him and everything. None of that happened. Um, but <laughs> I, I just saw Kim and then Jeff and I, the photographer, I remember our trail. I remember exactly what our trailer looked like. It was one of those honey wagons where there's like 10 different rooms 
and I had my little closet of a room and then there was like a curtain separating. It was like a, it felt like a prison thing because I had a little toilet and then I had a little bench <laughs> and then there was a curtain separating my room with Jeff's room. Um, but I was just thrilled because I walked in and my wardrobe was hanging there and the script was there and I was just like, I've made it. I've made it. I'm Tiger. <laughs> so, but that's amazing. Well, but like you, okay. So you mentioned the Frank Rich thing. Yeah. Were were there any other and at the time he was what was called the Broadway Butcher. His his title was he was a huge theater credit critic and his stuff could if he wrote a bad review and he's like the sweetest man. I mean, if you guys knew him, he's just the sweetest man. But his work was very very his his reviews were very valued on Broadway and if he gave a bad huh. review, it could actually close a show. Wow! And wow. so he he got the nickname the Broadway Butcher. Um, but I, his name was like all over the art section, Frank Rich, Frank Rich. So when we got on Veep and I found that he was an executive producer, there was like this, like, holy shit, Frank Rich, yeah. because he had, again, the sweetest, sweetest man, but he had this kind of uh, reputation around him that was really crazy. Does, did he make a concerted effort to to transition into like, I guess, what is his role? If he was a, a reviewer and then got into producing V had he produced yeah. before? Or? Well, he was a big, he kind of went from theater into kind of the political world. And so he then transitioned to New York magazine was kind of, is still kind of the political consultant and very much along that in that world. And then, so therefore he made the connection with HBO with politics and he knew, he knows a lot of that, mm. a lot of that world, a lot of that. And world. his, his son is Simon Rich who wrote yeah. on, SNL, on SNL, right? Is yeah. that true? Yeah. 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 Oh, um, well, his, his grandson is Richie Rich, of course. <laughs> his grandson's Richie Rich, <laughs> the right. super rich child. Who's now child. sixty, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, but he still looks like a kid. Yeah, and, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, Don't he still makes questions. it rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait. So, but with the Frank Rich thing, was there anybody else from from like that episode, or were there any other connections of anyone later on, like? Even people you didn't necessarily meet that, or like, yeah, because you didn't. The like Frank yeah. Rich was in the episode, and then you were like, "Was there ever like a run with Margaret Cho later?" Anyone since it's like such a star-studded episode. Yeah. Was there anyone else I, like again, from your wild. time like, as a young I, actor? Then I wish I had seen it much earlier, like years ago, because a lot of these people, like I think I did some like. I think it was. I think they they brought back Laughin on Netflix, and she was there, <laughs> and then her and I were also on a panel for. Um, Anthony Anderson's game show, I think, or something. Okay. And her and I were like, we were contestants. And it's having not had not seen the Sex and the City episode like a true actor would, seeing the whole episode rather than just your scene. Um, <laughs> it would have been fun to chat about it, you know? Yeah. But I yeah. Think, um, and so, like, but even like, I ran into Heidi Klum. Um, once years ago, I mean, she wouldn't remember, but she was very nice and just kind of stuff like that. Like I, I guess I need to look over stuff just to be well-versed in it. Cause it'd been fun to talk about it. I think other people Again, but just by need the way, to, I was like five seconds of the show. <laughs> They'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking totally. about. Totally. I, know, but, I think but most that's people would have done the, the same thing. <laughs> that's one of the cool things about watching this since it, since it's set in New York and it, it gave, since it went for so long, there's. So like, I don't know if you realize how many lists, internet lists you're on that's like, 
actors that you don't know that are on Sex in the City. And it's like Bradley Cooper has like two lines, you know, like mm-hmm. he's really? like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. And um, oh, yeah, I mean, Ju- Justin Theroux. Will Arnett Thoreau, was on it, I know. Will, Will Arnett was Will Arnett. on it, yeah. And um, Gaffigan, Gaffigan is on it um, in the episode after you, I think. Really? Is he a boyfriend? And it's Gaffigan or? is in season four, episode three, and he plays Miranda's, like the guy Miranda's dating at that time. Jim Gaffigan really? does. Because at he that doesn't time, close yeah. the door when he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, oh, and his whole deal is that he poops with the door open and then she can't handle it. Because at that, at that time, fun. that's a fun thing to learn because that was the exact time I was in New York when he was doing that because I was doing a sketch. I had a sketch comedy group called King Baby. And his wife, Jeannie, was in the uh, sketch group with me. And I remember when they started dating. And then years later, um, his um, – anyways, they obviously got married and stuff like that. But his then yeah. his album was called King Baby. And he asked us if it would be okay if he named his album and after so, our sketch group. And we were like, sure. That's, that's so crazy. That's so cool. Corey, Corey told me the other day about – about that connection. He was like, yeah, he used to do a sketch group called King baby. And I told him, I was like, Gafkin has a special name, King baby. So we did yeah. like, we there, put all that together without us even knowing yeah. the and story. There's, yeah. there's a fair amount of King baby graffiti in, in Brooklyn right now. There's well, a, there's so, a mailbox uh, like 10 blocks away from me that has a huge King baby, King baby graffiti on it. I promise you it has nothing thing. to do with the sketch group, but everything <laughs> to do with Gaffigan stuff. <laughs> Where where did that, where did you perform with your sketch group? We would perform at the Lambs Theater on Forty mm-hmm. Third Street. This was before it was turned into a hotel, which it is now. This yeah. is years ago when it was kind of it was kind of um, a shelter, like a there had like a, a housing situation for those for um, not homeless, but kind of those who were looking for housing who were kind of having a tough time. They had this mm-hmm. theater. It was a, it was a church. Um, and so, but then I think a hotel took it over and stuff. Yeah. Okay. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost their life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now. I have a question about, um, I'm glad that you watched the episode and you lived in New York during 19, 1999. What, after watching the episode, what, was there anything other than the people that really struck a chord that felt very New Yorkish? Was there anything in the episode that they nailed New York wise? Um, like the diner that they ate in or the club yeah. that they went in in the beginning. That diner, I want to say was, cause I remember walking by that diner. If it's the same diner, I think it was below Union Square on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I believe it okay. was. Cause I remember the silver tables. Um, and I guess, did they use that diner a lot? Is that, is that the, I th- the, the one I'm not, I don't think it's this one, but there was a diner on Houston and silver Spurs, silver Spurs, Houston yeah. and what, like something Houston like that. And Bleaker uh, or something? No, they don't No, It's anyway, right I, there. I don't, it's a weird street, but it's like, it's, an ice, it's like an organic ice cream shop now, but they, yeah. I, they use silver spurs in a lot of them. And I was trying to see if that was, if that was it, but yeah, I don't think you know it was. What? I will say what I appreciate is that the apartment sizes were realistic. I remember watching, mm-hmm. watching the show and I was like, yeah, these are realistic. I mean, 
because Charlotte was obviously wealthier, I guess, because she was her husband. But like Sarah Jessica Parker's character, Miranda, it was realistic New York apartments, which I think it was a Mm -hmm. huge success for the show because people could relate to that in New York at least. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that was like in Friends, everyone always talk about the Friends apartment yes. was like this giant open yes. set that yes. was nothing like a real New York apartment. Yes. And and they have they'll have lines in Friends every once in a while that's like it's rent stabilized. But even people that yeah. have rent stabilized apartments from eighteen fifty are like, no, that's yeah. not like no, I can't afford that. Yeah, um, yeah. But totally. there was there was a lot of I uh, I think watching it it was very just um, I mainly just had the wave of like how. <laughs> being in New York, how massive that show was. Like it was Mm -hmm. just, and every single actor in New York wanted to get on it. Um, So for someone like me, even though I had two lines, it it was kind of, it was that resume credit you wanted. It was kind of Mm -hmm. like, it was kind of like a law and order credit, you know, where it was like, you could get that TV credit and I could, I want to did I get my no I got my side card somewhere else but there was definitely like even those two lines it was like okay I got a sex in the city credit I'm excited about Mm -hmm. that yeah did it did it feel like after you got that credit was there anything that like did it get you acting respect from people where they're like oh sex in the city you're like oh I saw your episode I think I probably thought it did (laughs) but i don't think (laughs) i don't think it did at all and it's also one of those things like yeah getting this can lead to this it's like it's all such a crapshoot and you realize just how it's just the grace it's all just grace that i'm even able to be working because there's no ladder in this business you know there's no just just for us just like as a fun little inside joke here, next time you're doing like some big interview, if someone's like, just take us through what happened in your career, you're like, well, I played Tiger <laughs> in Sex and City. I got called to play Buster Bluth. And then after that, they just said, exactly. you know, do you want to do Toy Story 4? <laughs> is, that is the exact timeline. <laughs> and Terry, Gro- Terry Gross will be like, I've never heard. What is Tiger from the what? Best, <laughs> the best, the best though, is doing that little bit. I remember specifically because this was years ago before the digital age where you had to go to a certain editor to get a VHS tape for your reel. And oh, I remember yeah. like, make the most of this Tiger clip. <laughs> um, like, just that something like, if you have to extend the shot, if you have to like zoom in, I mean, make this the highlight. Play it back in slow mo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say it's it is a really funny clip. You do a incredible job in that clip. Well, uh, you you, you, you kind of look down, kind. and then when the when the when the camera goes off, it kind of startles you a little bit. It, uh, it it's a great but it's the, a great clip. If you could know what was happening internally in my body, I was doing it, and then once they would say cut, there was just that sense of like you know how you mumble. You're like, I can do this. Right? <laughs> Whereas, like everybody else, is like can we move on. I'm like, well, I mean, I can give this reaction. No, it's just like all that just stupid ass stuff. That's so funny. Wait, so when you shot, because like the way it actually goes, when they shot the close-ups on you what were you reacting to? Cause I doubt like they just have Kim Cattrall standing there still naked. Um, uh, do you remember? I mean, I know this is 20 years ago. I, I don't remember. I, I, I'm sure she, I mean, when they were doing us, I'm sure she put on rope. Actually, she might not have even been there. I can't remember, but I'm sure she was actually, I'm sure she yeah, was, yeah. but I'm sure she put on a robe and, yeah. uh, and things like that. Yeah. And I don't even think we yeah. were there for, they probably pulled us away. I don't remember. They probably pulled us away too when she did her really kind of, um, 
revealing shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just realized, I just it... learned I can delete myself so I don't have to stare at myself. Uh, <laughs> oh, in the Zoom? 35 minutes later. Okay, I just, uh, that's funny. I deleted all of you, so I'm only looking oh, at myself. Great, great, that's great, what I'm great, doing great, the whole great, time. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I have yeah, to yeah. say, one of the, mo- one of the more emotionally... Uh, like well played and sad moments was uh was um what's his name willie garson's character oh yeah uh stanford 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 blast stanford being so excited because there's so many little like romantic letdowns that he gets in the show yeah that was i was going to mention that that was i again i completely forgot about that but again i've clearly never seen the show um but uh (laughs) That was actually very heart wrenching because you just mm-hmm. also I don't remember Mario's character's name, um, but Anthony, just, the, uh, just Anthony. Anthony. Anthony, just how much of a douchebag like oh, you're yeah. Doing yeah. to this other guy, like at least fake kindness. But again, that's yeah. the TV world. But you're just kind of like, oh, I hope people aren't that mean because man, that's rough. Well, there's a there's another episode where Stanford gets really excited about a date he's going to go on. And this oh, is the pre, gosh, yeah. pre-internet pre dating. Like, I think it's an actual blind date. And the guy walks up to him on the street and is just like, no, and walks away. And okay, I was like, I, I guess I, like, I w- when I watched it this time, and I think we're more s- from processing the episodes so much, like, I think we're almost more invested in some of the character arcs than maybe even some of the writers are at times. Yeah, of like, yeah. But... But I was like, I think when we first saw it, we we're like, oh, that's funny. And I watched this time and I'm like, man, Stanford just really gets it from all angles. He just took it on the chin so hard. Yeah. 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 And I felt so bad for him. I'm like, you know, it's also not everyone not, could be Ed Harris. It's also not a full cir- circle moment for him because if you remember in the bar, he says to her, Hey, you are a model. Like you are, you can do this. Da, da, da. And then she ends up doing it. And then she says to him, Hey, you're, you really can see you're more than this. And then he ends up getting rejected. Rejected. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah that's true. It's I mean, like yeah, he gets they, built up and then taken back down yeah, right away. Yeah, yeah. And the writers are like, this just goes to show you, if you put yourself out there, it's not always going to go great. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen, we want to bring up the reality of that things can be hard in this world. You know, life's not fair. I don't know. Did you not get the theme? Life's not fair. <laughs> Come on. That's what it's about. Come I want to know. I want to know where, when you guys were thinking of a podcast, how this came up. <laughs> oh, so it's a story we've told before. So like we had all, we had all known each other and we were all friends and we had had different experiences with the show. I had seen like a few episodes through a girl that I dated. Like she, she was a musical theater actress. She would watch it on tour when she was on tour, like with her roommate. And then, so she had the DVD, so she would watch it. So I had like, seen it with her a little bit. And then like years later, cause I like shows about New York uh, when it was just like, I wanted to like chill, I would turn on a show about New York and I'd be like, Oh, I'd watch one of those episodes that like we had watched or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah, and, yeah. like I'd watch that or boarded us. So like that was my experience. John's experience was sort of similar to that. Yeah. My, my wife, uh, also a musical theater ac- actor, she would watch the show when she would go on contracts when she didn't have any friends. And so it like kind of became her, these women became her friends when she was new in a place and didn't know people. And she would always have it on in the background, like right when we got married 
And uh, at first I would just kind of not pay attention to it, but then I'd be, you know, doing the dishes, kind of yeah. peeking around and seeing what's going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, and yeah. I, Corey and I were talking one day and I was like, you know, it's really good. Sex in the city. And he's like, I know me too. Like, it's so. And I was like, I'd never seen it. And then Kevin had, I used to give uh, walking tours around New York city and uh, oh, yeah. I would do like Greenwich village or like the world trade center area financial district. And uh, one time someone offered me, they're like, can you do sex in the city tours? And I had never seen the show, but I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. So <laughs> I got the script for the tour and I memorized all the sites and stuff, but I had never seen an episode and I just started giving sex in the city walking tours around the West village for like four months and about oh wow so we would go by all the places and then sometimes sometimes people would ask they'd be like is this like where steve and miranda like and if i had enough goodwill with the group like an hour in or something i'd be like i just know what is in the script like i've never seen (laughs) it before and people would get so excited and then they would like tell me all about it so wait so let me ask you this what from this episode do you did you use anything from this episode on your tour um, I don't think so. Cause I think I, I might've so. noticed where Mario was walk. If it was by that bed, bath and beyond on sixth Avenue. Yeah. He was carrying yeah, all yeah, those yeah. Bed, bath and beyond bags. Yeah. I yeah, wonder yeah. if that was it. Yeah. 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 I know. I know exactly where that is. That, that scene felt a lot differently. Would, would they have filmed that like during the middle? Would they have not have blocked off the street and filmed it in a different way than they, than they do normal scenes? Cause it felt like a little dis, like a little, the camera was a little bit more shaky and it was very, yeah, just was. Green grass, very born identity. <laughs> yeah. Would, yeah. Would that have been something they would have done back then is not like receive permits to, to shoot on that street and just go out and do it anyway. It kind of fit. With I mean, I, Anthony's character. Yeah. I also think like, I know they would have had permits, but they did say that when they were shooting this and Tony, like you might know this, but like they were saying like they were one of the first shows to shoot on the street in New York and like just shoot out in New York and without using sets like Seinfeld, you know, shot in LA yeah, yeah, and yeah. used fake ex- like exteriors and stuff. But they said they were one of the first ones to do that. So it might've just been that they were such an early show to yeah. do that. And maybe that's why it was like that. I mean, I guess law and order probably did it all the time too. Yeah. I have, I have a question in, in addition to this, if you could name, if you were living in Wisconsin and you were having massive New York nostalgia in addition mm. to this show, what would be the other show you would watch to reminisce? Oh man, that is a great question. Like New York, I have two. I'll start. I have two. One would be the show Bored to Death. Yeah. Which did you ever see that? Jason Schwartzman and yeah. Zach Galifianakis, yeah. Ted Danson. Because yeah. Bored to Death is all in Brooklyn, and it. And we all three of us live in Brooklyn and there are so many scenes that are by my old apartment right off of Bergen Street. And it's it, you that's one of those shows that in Sex and the City would maybe be like this for you. Bored to Death is one of those where you go around and you're yeah. like, oh, my gosh, that's everything from like 2010 in yeah. Brooklyn, like 10 years ago. I would say I'd say either that one or Flight of the Concords. Mm. Oh, Flight of the Concords yes. came out. Flight of the Concords came out the month that I moved to New York City in 2005 I think and it's all it's it's all like Lower East Side New York and it's all these comedy actors back then yes that people didn't really know it's like like Todd Aziz Barry is in it Todd Barry yeah Aziz is the Merman, fruit guy Kristen Shaw yeah yeah yeah, Chris, yeah he's the fruit guy so those are mine oh I like that I would say mine 
I I have not rewatched a single episode, but I remember. I, th- I think it was because I, when I first moved here and I was like, this is some episodes are similar to like actual life, but I watched girls as it was on week to week. Oh and yeah. That was like, it was a huge, um, I don't know that like after season one, I think it got sucked so quickly into people hate watching it. And there was so much yeah, like yeah, negativity yeah. around the way people mm-hmm. covered it. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I just remember always being like, I don't know. I like this show. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. That started when Veep started. Mm. We were oh, we were really? around we yeah we were around the same time as we watched it a lot. It's a really really good show. Yeah, yeah. My, I'll be a little bit different. Um, it's funny. I actually just watched the movie Squid and the Whale. I know it's not a TV show, oh, yeah. but it's filmed. It's yeah. filmed in Park Slope, right where mm-hmm. a lot of us live. So there was a lot of fun kind of scene where they are in that show movie, which. It filmed several several years ago and set I think in the eighties, but still, yeah, it, was, it really uh, is. It really is a rush of nostalgia when you see something like that that you resonate with so strongly personally. Yeah. yeah. What, what about what, you? Um, I, I don't. I mean, I think that I'm. I'm actually going to watch those now because I don't. <laughs> I don't. Um. I I don't know. I don't really have one. I don't really have, I mean, I, I don't really watch, I'm that guy that don't watch a ton of it TV, but like when I mm-hmm. see this, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I need to rewatch that. Cause I feel like I never, I haven't seen all flare of the concords all the way through. Yeah. Um, stuff I, I've seen, I've seen a lot of episodes of girls, but I haven't seen them all the way through. Like I haven't seen yeah. 30 rock all the way through. And my wife worked mm-hmm. on SNL. Yeah. And so I just really, that kind of stuff I want to binge and just do it. Mm-hmm. Dirty Rock is so good. When you, lived, when you lived in New York, where did you where did you live, and what would be like, what would be one not show you watch, but what's one thing that you miss about New York City? Um, um I miss the accessibility. I miss mm. the accessibility of it. Like LA is very spread out; it's really tough to connect to people. Whereas in New York, I always tell like people who want to pursue the business, I always. I mean, it might be different now, but I always encourage people to try New York just because it's much easier to find community. It's much easier. It's 20 minutes mm-hmm. on the subway and you can connect to people. Mm-hmm. Um, LA, it's, if you're living on the West side and, and you're on the, if someone's on the West side, you're on the East side, you're just rarely going to see them. So mm-hmm. I miss that. I think there was always something going on, but I was also in my twenties and thirties. So it's like, I didn't have a family. So it was just like one party to the next, but I just mm-hmm. remember that it was really easy to connect to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a, I mean, you've been in LA for a while. Is, do you get that same nostalgia? Would there be like an LA show? If you were like, we moved to another place outside of Los Angeles, mm. is there a show or even a movie? Cause there's yeah. so many movies set in, in LA. Yeah. I love that. I asked the question that I don't have an answer for. Any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> I can't think of one. I can't think I, of one. I was I'm trying sure to, there's a ton. Yeah. I was trying to think. I was like, maybe Mulholland Drive. What if what if Sunset I was like Boulevard? Veep? I watch Veep. <laughs> it's Veep. You're like yeah. that reminds me of my time in LA because that was a really good show for me really because I was one of the stars and yeah. I I just remember a lot of those times. I remember you know? the craft service. I remember the stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sad. Well. Uh, we can't thank you enough for, for coming on to do this. Oh, it really means yeah, a lot. Thanks so, so much. I love you're doing this. And it's, it was encouraging to me. I want to watch the show again because it really was 
this rush of nostalgia that I, made me really miss New York and appreciate the show that I didn't really appreciate much. I mean, it's a, very it's a well great show. show. It's, it's a fantastic show. It really yeah. is a great show. Yeah. Do we, do we do a, a Cosmo rating for the, the rewatches? Oh yeah, we should do one. So, so go ahead. Yeah. Corey. Well, oh, so we do a thing for every episode called the Cosmo rating, the Cosmopolitan, the drink that they all drink. So we rate oh, yeah. every episode from one to five Cosmos and okay. you can use half and quarter Cosmos, you know, like bad episode gets like two Cosmos. Great episode gets five, five's the highest. So I don't remember what we gave it on our first watch. But I gave, I'm pretty sure I gave this a five. This is one of my few fives I gave, I think. Well, so on the rewatch, so we'll pick what we give it. We'll mm. go ahead. We can re-rate it for ourselves, I think. Yeah. Um, so, but you can think about it if you want to, if you want to think would, about what I, you would I, give it. I think it. I know my answer because I would say this sounds, this might sound a little harsh, but yep, okay. I would give it a, I would give it a four and a half because some of the, it's one of my pet peeves in watching a show is when something feels liney where mm-hmm. someone's shouting out just well-written lines uh-huh. And I felt, even though it's incredibly well written and very funny and very well acted, there was a couple of times I was like, "Yeah, that's just a that just sounds like someone reciting a really really smart line rather than mm. the way somebody talks." Yeah, Tony, I feel like you would dock this series many yeah. cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> that is how the whole show feels. But I think but you're very, absolutely right. But very fun and so. But it's like there were times it really yeah. felt organic, and then sometimes I was like, "Yeah, that's." That's just yeah. someone like mm-hmm. giving a really good line. It, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever the yeah. gals get themselves in like at a, a baseball game or or anything that has just like very easy puns, it just becomes like just a pun machine of just being like, oh, yeah. huh? Sticks and balls. I'd hit yeah. a ball. Blah blah blah. Like yeah. it's just it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like Yeah. The, now keep in mind, I was on Arrested Development, which was like one quirky, weird pun weird line after the next so it's like i'm yeah. as guilty of it as ever i mean not that mitch Hurwitz thing but it's like my character was like a pretty much a cartoon character so it's like mm-hmm. i can't it, there wasn't there wasn't much organic about buster blue so i'm guilty no. of it myself we do we did have kevin we did have a loose seal question on instagram do you remember what it was <laughs> i, I feel, did I remember feel like that we need, i feel like we need to ask it Oh, did we? Okay, hold on, hold on. There was a question. Yeah. It was if you pull up the post that you put, we put up a post on our Instagram that we're like, we're going to be talking to Tony Hale tonight, and we asked if anyone had any questions, and there was there was an Arrested Development forward question. I believe it's it. it's one of one of the one of the first well, comments just said, on there. I always hated that they shot Samantha on medium format film, but the contract sheet said thirty five millimeter. I blame Tiger. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I blame Tiger. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, that was another. thing thing i forgot to say is when they're in the diner and they're looking at contact sheets of her pictures i have yeah. a very very strong memory of getting headshots back and always looking at each picture just to oh see my which one and yet i would always think just to see Wait, which one it was because this obviously we weren't in the digital age and we would get your own headshots yeah my own headshot and you would always go to the print shop to get the contact yes. sheet back and you'd have all your pictures and you'd have to you'd have to circle and see which one's the best that you want to print and up. you'd use you'd use one of those oh yeah those, you'd, they'd always, did, did you'd you always have those at the place that you could use to look at 
Oh my goodness. Did you goodness. go to Reproductions? Was yes. the place called Reproductions? Yes. That yes. was like the place. And yes. when we all moved here, it was like all switching to digital. Yes. But I remember they were like, you have to go to Reproductions. Yes. You have to like put in what package you want. And oh. it was like, it was on, I want to say on like 39th Street and it was on the second floor. And you'd walk, yes. and it was just the smell of photo fluid. And everybody, you'd get your, you'd just get high stacks of photos. And everybody was really eager to get them. And then they would, you'd mail them out and people would just throw them away. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. I think uh, I think this is a great question to go out on. We got a really okay. solid one here, which is okay. Let's finish um, our Cosmo ratings real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's finish our Cosmo ratings. So four Tony gave a four and a, four point five. Yes. very astute. I, I I love this episode, and I think it's it, watching it through the second time. I loved it even more. There was also a ton of excitement knowing that we were going to get to talk to Tony and seeing his character. So I got to give this episode a five. It was just so fun rewatching it. Yeah, Good. I I. F- I feel like I, when we listed off all the people that were in it, and I also think having you here talking to you and like getting some of the backstory, but like even, even aside from the, even aside from just like the backstory connection, I think listing and even just talking through more and even like the Frank Rich thing. And then we were like, oh yeah, Ed Koch is in it too. And like the themes, I think I have to give it a five too. I, I think, um, especially since we started from the beginning and this is one of our first rewatches, this still does, it holds up as like, there's sort of like a small outfit in the first season of being like, oh, we're just like hustling to get, and you can totally tell from watching this episode that this is when they got to flex their muscles and be like, we're superstars now. Like, Oh yeah. my God, superstars. Season four, they were the hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you and you feel it. And, uh, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep with my previous, my previous rating from the last time. And I'm going to give it five Cosmos. And I want to ask, um, we have, we can all work on this together. Uh, from Katie Shook, she just said, uh, what would Gary's Sex in the City storyline and episode be? So, uh, so Gary from Veep. So there's a crossover. There's it, the people, the higher ups at HBO have been really, really insistent that this happened. And so there needs to be an actual crossover. Um, mm-hmm. and Gary's, Gary's character shows up on a sex in the city episode. Um, yeah. And I think, well, I, I think it would be, it would be a competition with Sarah Jessica Parker to be the assistant to Selena Meyer's fashion tribute for her designs. And everybody would be, her dresses would be there. All the designers would be that does the dress Selena. And I of course would think that I'm the one to help her, curate this collection but they bring in uh carrie to curate it and there's a big feud and samantha gets involved and samantha emasculates me all the time but then kind of comes on to me and then i get kind of interested in her maybe (laughs) so then we see we see gary's dark side a little bit but in the end gary is pushed to the side and carrie gets the glory for curating all of her dresses when in actuality i was the one who picked them all out Wow. That's incredible. That's amazing. And I love how there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of meta-ness with you and Samantha. Like the, the viewers will know like, Oh, like he, yes. Yes. The, yeah. That's tiger. That's yeah, smart. That's tiger. Gary's tiger comes out. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the theme continues. It's yes. great. Yes. Yes. That's, that's great. Yeah. That's the best one. Um, well, Tony, thank you so much, man. Guys, thank thanks you for having me. So, so fun. I love you're doing this. You have a new listener. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Everybody, please go uh, rate and review uh, Five Cosmos. And 
if we were too liney, you can give us 4.5. You know, yeah. but oh, if, no. uh, now I feel bad. Now <laughs> no, Michael no. Patrick King is going to be like, too liney. What the hell is he about? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, awesome. Thanks. And we'll see you next Thanks, time, Tony. everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you, you guys. so much. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at The Bradshaw Boys, and if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.